Welcome to the Codcast, Commonwealth Magazine's weekly podcast about politics and policy and the people who make and influence both. I'm Jack Sullivan, a reporter for Commonwealth, alongside Bruce Mould, the magazine's editor. Last November, voters approved a statewide referendum legalizing the adult recreational sale and use of marijuana. But despite the 54-46 margin of victory, lawmakers and Governor Charlie Baker made significant changes that delayed its implementation until next July, at the earliest. Among those changes was the makeup and oversight of the Cannabis Control Commission, which by statute is charged with the implementation and regulation of the law. Under the referendum, the board was made up of three people appointed by and under the office of the state treasurer. Instead, the panel now has five members and is an independent commission. Chairing that board is Stephen Hoffman, a retired business executive. He's a former partner at Bain & Company, running the firm's Boston office, and has been CEO and an officer at several other business consulting companies. He's with us today. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And we appreciate you uh, coming by. Um, Let me just start off, uh, Steve. Your your education and your background is in business, it's in finance, uh, investment, management, those were all skill sets that when the legislature redid the statute, identified as, as being um, what was needed in a chairman. How does that relate to selling pot? Good question. Uh, you know, my understanding, and I obviously wasn't involved in, in drafting the legislation, uh, but the way I think about this is it's a startup. Uh, we're starting up a new industry in, uh, in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, that requires business skills. Um, it's a different kind of startup than I've ever done before. It's obviously bigger, certainly more visible to the public, but it's a startup in terms of putting in place all the infrastructure, the staffing, the technology necessary to create and run a successful business in the state of Massachusetts. How, how did it come around that? I mean, it, it, given where you came from, sure. um, did you apply for the job? <laughs> were, were, were you solicited for the job? I mean, what, what happened? Uh, that- I have a friend that I'm going to go after if this thing turns sideways. No, I, uh, um, <laughs> uh, State uh, Senator Rosenberg, President Rosenberg, um, uh, spoke with a friend of mine who had been involved in state government, a former uh, business partner of mine, um, and uh, asked for some suggested names um, to give to the treasurer. And uh, my friend... Uh, um, asked me if I was okay with him giving uh, uh, President Rosenberg my name, and he did. And then uh, President Rosenberg passed that name along to Treasurer Goldberg, and she shortly afterwards contacted me. And, and what made you think that that it would be a good fit for you, though? Mm-hmm. Again, given your yeah, background. Sure. Well, as I said, uh, you know, it is a startup, uh, and I am I've done startups. I know how to do them. I know the risks and challenges uh, involved in startups. Um, so I'm confident that uh, that uh, I've got um, a set of relevant skills. Um, I'm also confident in the fact that uh, we put together this, the uh, treasurer and the uh, governor and the attorney general have put together a very strong and diverse commission with a uh, broad cross section of experience. And I think collectively we have the requisite skills to uh, to uh, implement this law successfully. You. You a little bit earlier, uh, before our recording here today, sure. um, met with the press. Yes, and um, you you seem to be very open, very at ease. At, at ease. One of the things that really struck me was um, you were asked if you had ever used marijuana, mm-hmm. um, and you said freely, "Yes, I have." What <laughs> what what is your um, experience with uh, marijuana? Uh, I'll repeat what I said at the press conference. First of all, I have used marijuana, and um, you inhaled. Yes, I inhaled. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can get by with that anymore. Um, I, uh, I said that I had gone to uh, high school in the late 60s and college in the early 70s, and marijuana was ubiquitous um, in those environments. 
Um, I have said that since I got out of school, um, I very, very rarely um, use marijuana. I said the most recent experience I had with marijuana was when my wife and I went out to visit some friends of ours in Breckenridge, Colorado over uh, July 4th weekend of 2016. We went to a store, bought a t-shirt, bought a joint, smoked it, and watched the fireworks. So so given that 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 background... Oh, by the way, my wife didn't partake. <laughs> <laughs> um, were the fireworks better uh, with that? You know, I don't know. They were great, but, uh, you know, it's it the first time I'd seen the fireworks, you know, with the, uh, the Rockies as the background, the backdrop. <laughs> They're phenomenal, but, I, you know, I don't know whether it was the Rockies or... You don't know it was enhanced or... It was great, though. It was great. But you must have read a lot of the concerns going into passage of this sure. law that it, marijuana... I mean, they don't call it a devil weed, a lot of the politicians, but they've been concerned right. about what kind of message it sends, sure. what type of what it leads to. Mm-hmm. Share, share, us, share with us your, your feelings about that. Uh, well, I mean, first and foremost, my feelings are that the, uh, the majority of the citizens of Massachusetts voted to legalize adult use of marijuana. And I respect that. I respect that democratic outcome. And I have accepted a position to implement the law according to the will of the voters of Massachusetts. But do you have, um, you know, there were a lot of concerns like we're have, having an opioid epidemic. Sure. Legalizing marijuana... Yeah. May make that worse. Other sure. people sort of say, "Come on, give yeah. me a break. This is marijuana. It's probably less harmful than alcohol." Yeah. Well, I, you know, first of all, you know, let me uh, state the opposite. I'm not an expert um, on you know those issues. Um, I will say that um, one of the charters we have as a commission is to do research on exactly the issues that you talked about in terms of public safety, in terms of leading to use of other drugs and opiates. Um, I. Don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I personally believe that marijuana is a harmless drug that, just like alcohol, can be overused um, and abused. Um, I believe it should be kept away from minors. Um, but um, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time and energy studying that issue. Um, but you know, the starting point is that we are going to respect the wishes of the voters of the state of Massachusetts. Well, given, given that view, uh, it, it, it seems to me to be a not so much a conflict, but a, but a mixed message here. Um, you know, you 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 have used marijuana in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you think that it's somewhat harmless, and yet you voted against a referendum right. in November. Right. W- what was the what was your thinking behind that? Sure. Um, so I voted against the uh, referendum in November. I was a private citizen. Um, I uh, at the time, and I said today in the press conference, I uh, actually support the objectives of the initiative as I understand them. My concern as a private citizen was I thought it was a quick timeline to implementation that wouldn't necessarily provide enough time to take care of all the uh, infrastructure and and public safety requirements uh, necessary, and I thought a slower and perhaps more studious approach to implementation made more sense. It's kind of ironic, um, as one of the reporters <laughs> pointed out, uh, that you know, here a little over a year later, I now have this responsibility, or not a little less than a year later, I have the responsibility of uh, addressing some of those concerns along with my fellow commissioners. Well, it, it, which brings up a good point. You, you know, you certainly are in the fast lane right now in, yeah. in trying to get this. Uh, you know, right now the um, the target date is July one to Correct. get retail uh, marijuana mm-hmm. up and um, uh, running. Right. When you walk back that timeline, uh, one of the things, um, for instance, you talked about, with, you've been in startups before right. and um, and you've had deadlines and, mm-hmm. and while people have said it's impossible, you've met them. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you can't change right. is how long it takes to grow marijuana. That's correct. Right now, we don't have 
a manufacturer cultivation mm -hmm. process or yeah. system in in the pipe works. Yeah. And it takes six months, seven months, eight months, whatever it is, to, to have mature plants and then yeah. to process it, test it, and all of that. Yes. How do you plan on doing that? Well, we've got, we've got. You said six, seven months. We've got, you know, between uh, September first and July first. What is that? Uh, if my math is correct. That's uh, ten months, right? You've got two hundred and ninety-seven days oh, out, as of today. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe a little more precise than uh, I could have been, but uh, we've got to get going fast. Um, yeah, we, we we know we have a lot of work to do um, in a short period of time. That's certainly one of the biggest challenges from a time standpoint, but there are many others. Um, and all I can tell you is that we're getting to work immediately. Uh, we are committed to meet the deadlines. We're going to get help from any place we can in terms of learning from other states that have gone through this, from the other commissions that have started up from scratch in Massachusetts, uh, industry experts. Um, you know, when I said uh, earlier in the press conference that, you know, in startups, you know, you always face these ridiculously impossible deadlines and somehow you, you know, get a group of people together, roll up your sleeves and figure out how to get it done. And uh, that's the approach we're going to take here. We're going to get it done. I can't tell you at this point I know exactly how, but we're going to get it done. When when you look at the timetable and you look at the um, the, the pressures that you're under, I, I, I understand yep. your commitment to meeting that. Yes. But if you don't meet it, mm -hmm. is it possible that we won't be seeing legal marijuana next uh, summer? I mean, anything's possible, and you know, one of the things that's great about startups and both, you know, great and scary is there's no guarantee of success. Um, and I am not going to sit here and say I can give you 100% certainty that we're going to meet those deadlines. I will tell you we're going to do everything we possibly can, work as hard as we possibly can, get help from everybody we possibly can to meet those deadlines. And sitting here today, I am confident we will. And you, um, you took this on as sort of a challenge that. Right. If I understand correctly, you were retired. Uh, I was failing at retirement. Failing at retirement. So you were looking. You were sort of antsy. Yeah, you know, I, I was. I I used retirement as a shorthand. Um, I knew I wasn't going to retire. I knew I was going to fail at retirement. Um, but I wanted to do something very different than what I had done in the past. I'm very proud of my business career. I've done a lot of uh, things, uh, a lot of different things. But I wanted to do something very different. I wanted to do something that. Uh, offered new challenges, the opportunity to continue learning about new things, acquiring new skills. I frankly wanted to do something that had an impact on something other than the bottom line of a company. And uh, I was looking. I was taking my time. I was working on improving my golf game. Unfortunately, uh, my golf game went the other way. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been taking my time and looking. Um, and when this opportunity came along and I first spoke to the treasurer, my immediate reaction was, my God, this meets all those criteria. Right. So I, you know, I, I really wasn't retired. Um, I, I, I knew I was going to get back in the workforce. Uh, my wife was not a big fan of my retirement, and <laughs> that's pretty relevant. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, uh, but I, I wasn't in a rush. I've, I've been, you know, I've worked very hard in my career. I've been fortunate. Um, I didn't need a job, um, but I wanted a job, and I just wanted a job that met the criteria I just articulated. So, um, did you just interview with the treasurer? Is that, or did she have you meet some other officials in state government? As um, well? I met the treasurer and a couple members of her staff, uh, including Chandra and uh, Sean Collins, uh, her legislative and policy uh, um, aide. Um, that's it. 
That's it. I have not met the governor. I'm planning on trying to get the Jen Flanagan to help me do that soon. I've not met the attorney general, um, uh, Britta McBride. Hopefully, he's going to help me do that soon. Um, but I haven't really met anybody in uh, in state government other than the treasurer. I did get a call yesterday morning from uh, President Rosenberg, uh, thanking me uh, and congratulating me on my new uh, position. But um, obviously, you know, in the next uh, next little while, I'm going to reach out to all of those people, including, you know, um, obviously, uh, others in the legislature. And just for clarification for our listeners, Chandra sure. is Chandra Allard, oh, who sorry, is the sorry. communications uh, director um, for the treasurer's yeah, let me, office let me just put little, sitting here. Let me put in a little plug. She is the communications director for the treasurer. The treasure. This is not in treasury. <laughs> so Chandra is doing me a gigantic favor by shepherding me through this process, which is, uh, as we said, is new for me. And uh, I'm deeply grateful, but uh, I'm going to find somebody as soon as I can. Well, that, so that also, Chandra's let off the hook. That also points out to... Uh, some of the um, um, issues that, that you have before you, some of the immediate sure. issues. I mean, we're, we're talking about the timetable to sure. meet all these yeah. uh, different things, mm-hmm. but right now you're going without staff. Uh, you're going, well, we don't have any staff. Yes, you're going now. without office. Uh, no, we actually uh, have temporary office space. I think the, the uh, governor um, has been uh, gracious enough to find us some office space in HRD in uh, one Ashburn place. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm actually getting uh, shown that space, I think, tomorrow. Um, so it's temporary, and we're going to have one of the first orders of business is to find permanent space. But we, we have a place to put our stuff. We have computers. We have Well, we will have computers tomorrow. We'll have phones so we can get going. But again, you, I mean, you'll have that tomorrow. But, you know, like you said, you're, you're borrowing some staff from the treasurer's and office. I'm you, deeply grateful to them. <laughs> um, you, you know, you're in need of uh, clerical staff. You're yes. in need of administrative staff. You're going to be in need of inspectional staff. Absolutely. Um, Given all that, right now you mm-hmm. have um, about two to two point three million dollars, depending Correct. upon what's going to happen in a Correct. reserve funded A and F. Yep. About seven hundred fifty thousand of it right now is coming from salaries and benefits for the commission members um, themselves, the five commission members. So there's three quarters of a million off the top. Yep. That gives you about one point two, one point three million dollars. Mm-hmm. That enough to get you going? It's enough to get started, but uh, not going to last us very long. And um, as I mentioned in the press conference earlier today, uh, one of the absolute first orders of business um, is to put together a set of project plans to delineate all the things that have to happen, including the cultivation issue that you raised earlier, um, put all the things um, that have to happen, develop project plans around each one of them, which will talk about timing, resource requirements, um, assistance required from other parts of, uh, of our organization or from other parts of the state government, um, and consolidate that into a business plan um, and go back to the legislature as soon as we've got that done, which will be very quickly, um, and say, here's what we need to get this job done. Because I, I recognize that we have enough to get started, but as I said, it's certainly not enough to get us to the finish line. How independent are you then if you have to keep going to the legislature for money? Um, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, you know, those who control the purse strings, right? Uh, we are independent um, in that we don't report into any government uh, agency, but yes, we certainly need help, not just from the legislature, but certainly from the legislature in terms of getting money, but we're going to need help from lots of other parts of state government, uh, including the governor's office, the attorney general's office, uh, public health. Um, I, I'm sure I'm not enumerating it, but you know, we need help from a lot of people to get this done. And as I said, I, uh, I've never been shy in my business career of getting help from anybody I can get it from um, when we're facing difficult uh, challenges. I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm not even in this job formally yet. I'm getting sworn in at 1.15 this afternoon. But uh, but I will say my uh, initial experience um, for the first, last couple of days is that 
I am stunned and pleased by all the people from various parts of state government that have reached out to help, offer their help. Um, you know, everybody is in this together. Uh, we all want this to be successful. And I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased and quite sanguine that the help we need from other parts of government, even though we're independent, the help we need from other uh, parts of government is going to be forthcoming. Do you have a sense yet of how much you're going to need? The Treasurer's Office, for instance, when they were putting together yeah. their yeah. their plan, yeah. um, put together an estimate of about $10.2 right. million dollars mm -hmm. to uh, get it up and running right. for the first year. Right. Are you using that as your model? Uh, I'm not prepared to you know give a number right now. I know it's more than $2 million, substantially more than $2 million, um, but that's the, uh, that's the point I was making uh, a little bit ago. We're going to put together project plans. We're going to serve. You know, one of the things, uh, let me just take a little bit of an aside here. You know, the... Months that have gone by between when the voter initiative was passed in 2016 and when the legislation was signed by the governor in late July um, were not idle. Um, the treasurer's office operated under the fair assumption that this commission was going to stay as part of treasury, and they did a lot. The treasurer and her staff did a ton of work, including visiting uh, um, commissions um, in uh, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. Um, the uh, they developed uh, organizational uh, charts. Um, they did uh, developed job specs. Um, they uh, developed a uh, an RFQ for the technology, the sale to uh, the uh, the seat to sale technology. Um, in, uh, as soon as we get our office space set up tomorrow, um, Sean Collins from the uh, treasurer's office is going to walk over with about ten boxes of notes and other materials they accumulated, and uh, you know we're going to make effective use of that. We're going to get a running start because of that. Uh, we're not going to just take everything and just say, okay, we're going to do it. So, you know, the $10 million estimate, we're going to do our own analysis around. And, you know, it might be more, it might be less. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it's wonderful that we have this running start. I'm, I'm much more confident about our ability to meet our deadlines because of all the work that uh, has been done by the Treasurer's Office. Uh, I was curious. I, I, <clears throat> I've covered the Mass Gaming Commission. Yes. And... Um, they have all these rules uh, mm -hmm. that are imposed by the state that mm -hmm. you can't have two, two open, more than two of them. The open meeting law. Yeah, yeah the open meeting law. Um, in a startup, yeah. that, that makes life fairly difficult, <laughs> it seems to me. I, I, completely, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I, I did not know much about the open meeting law until a little while ago, and I'm, I'm getting smarter fast. Uh, we are getting briefed, by the way, by the, uh, somebody from the Attorney General's office. The commission is getting briefed on, uh, on Monday about the open meeting laws. But my understanding um, is that any more than two commissioners, uh, uh, if they get together um, and talk about anything of substance before our commission is subject to the open meeting law and has to be public. So, so it's going to be, it's, it's a challenge. And clearly, you know, in, in, in startups, you know, what you typically do is every day you get together at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, everybody, and everybody talks about what they're doing, what, you know, what the problems they're running into, what help they need from other people. Um, can't work exactly that way, and uh, you know it's going to it's going to it's going to be something that we're going to understand the law, we're going to adhere to the law, and then we're going to figure out how we can work effectively in that context. It would seem that it would put more uh, pressure on you as the chairman to to get the staff together to to sort of get that ball yeah. rolling. Is, is yeah. that a fair assumption? I, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I I, I need to get brief. You know, I, I have a high-level understanding of the law. I, ha I haven't read the law, um, but I have a high-level understanding of the law. Good, good news is one of our commissioners, uh, uh, Britta McBride, is uh, really quite knowledgeable about the law, so she's been really helpful. I mean, I didn't even know, as an example, how to set up our first commission meeting. Could I actually send out an email to all five commissioners simultaneously to try to schedule 
Hill, our first uh, commission meeting, and she told me I could as long as there was nothing of substance about you know what we we're going to be discussing. Um, but you know she's been very helpful. We'll get briefed by the attorney general's uh, office on uh, on Monday and, and get a much deeper understanding. And as I said, we'll figure out a way to work around it. I, I think it's going to require some workarounds that you know we adhere to the law, don't do anything at all to violate the law, but still manage to collaborate effectively. One, one of the biggest concerns of uh, um, public safety officials, and as well as uh, some of the um, elected officials who are opposed right. to it, is the lack of um, standards for operating under the influence. Right. When people talk about the comparisons between alcohol and mm -hmm. marijuana, they say, well, we know how to measure drunken right. driving. Right. You're going to be charged with coming up with those standards. Yeah. Do you think that that you'll you'll find the expertise and have the expertise and have it in place by uh, next July? We're going to certainly do everything we can to make that case. I, I can't answer that question at this point um, with any certainty about exactly how we're going to do that, but it's certainly our, int our intent, and we'll, we'll devote whatever resources are necessary. Have, have you thought about it uh, prior I, to this? I, that's and a big issue. Um, I, you know, in my private life, um, probably not a lot. Um, you know, I. Probably not, uh, but I certainly since um, I've been discussing this uh, position with the treasurer, um, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about it and talking to people about it. I, I certainly will not profess to be an expert on this topic. I know it's a very important issue uh, for not just the politicians, but for me personally. Um, and we're you know we'll put the resources necessary um, against us to address that and, and hopefully resolve that issue um, in a timely manner. Do you do you see marijuana um, the the regulate the regulatory process and the uh, social and um, uh, moral impacts on par with alcohol? Is, will you be treating it that mm -hmm. way? Um, you know, say the way that ABCC treats um, alcohol licenses. Um, again, I'm gonna you know just make clear I'm not an expert. Um, on that, uh, we have experts, uh, you know, uh, available to us on the commission. Um, certainly available to us uh, with members of the advisory board, and I certainly plan on relying on on that expertise. Uh, my personal opinion is, um, yeah, it is similar. Um, as I said, I think uh, it's something that you have to be careful is not abused, um, care and careful that it uh, stays out of uh, you, you prevent access to uh, the use of it by minors. Uh, but I think that it's similar in terms of how you'd regulate it. But again, I'm going to defer to um, the experts that understand that better than I do. Well, that will do it, and I'm sure that we will be talking with you again. Um, um, I look forward to that. Uh, that's it for this week's edition of the Codcast. You can download and subscribe to the Codcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, or you can listen by going to our website, commonwealthmagazine.org, and click on the fish. We want to thank uh, Cannabis Control Commission Chairman Tabi. Tabi, uh, uh, in about uh, <laughs> in about an 60, hour, sixty minutes from now. From now. <laughs> uh, Stephen Hoffman for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was a Stephen. pleasure being here. Uh, tune in again next week for another episode of the Podcast. For Bruce Mole, I'm Jack Sullivan. Thanks for listening. Smoke gets in your